0: Good morning and Buenos Dias, Metro Region. Welcome to the Metro Region of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. Great to have you with us this morning. Great to be together and have our opportunity, our chance to be able to get into the Bible, do some Bible studying, do some Bible learning and uh, welcome. It's great to have you with you. Uh, it's great to have, of course, our family Metro Region, but also our friends and family and neighbors and co-workers, whoever's joining us, it's good to have you this morning. Um, we're gonna, uh, jump into a prayer here and then, uh, get right on into the scriptures. Uh, got a really, uh, a special study we're gonna do this morning. A little bit different than the norm. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about just what's going on and, and, and I wanna share some good news. Uh, because we've had a lot of bad news this week, and a lot of bad things happening in our world, and it's a pretty tough time in in our country right now. And a lot of uncertainty, which I think is really affecting a lot of us. And what do I what do I mean by uncertainty this year, this twenty twenty year? I think a lot of us are wondering. Uh, about justice. You know, we've been studying justice. We've been talking about justice, but we're seeing so much injustice and we're seeing so many things that aren't right. And I think it's, it's, it's very much on many of our hearts. And I think we start to wonder, is, is this going to change? Is, are things going to be different? Uh, truth, you know, truth is so valuable. We, we live in a world that's just swirling with lies and misinformation and, and propaganda. And it's, it's, it's really makes things shaky when you don't know what's real, what's not real, what's true, what's not true. Uh, I think love is in question. You know, there's so much hatred out there and, and so much anger and people shooting each other and, and, and just it's just it's a horrible thing to put the news on and see what's happening. And we wonder we've been talking so much about equity and and everybody respecting each other. And but there's so much inequity still out there. And and then overall, just a general uh, hunger for compassion and understanding. And 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 yet we see uh, a lot of cruelty out there in our world and swirling all around us. And we wonder, especially those of us as, as Christians, we wonder about righteousness, you know, and, and uh, are things going to be made right, you know, and there's a lot of sin out there. And yeah, I know that's what we call it. The world doesn't call it sin, but that's what it is. There's so much greed and hypocrisy and, and anger and hatred, all these other things swirling out there. It's a tough time. And I think it's it's absolutely, in many ways, affecting us. You know, this year, 2020. What a year! I mean, we, I mean, it's it's, it's and we're eight months into it. We got we've got uh, what four more months to go, and look what's already hit us. We've had earthquakes in strange places like North Carolina. We've got fires all across our state. We've got floods, uh, up to 10, 20 foot walls of water coming in from this last hurricane. We got hurricanes. We got multiple. Hurricanes hitting at the same time. We've got economic chaos and uncertainty and people not knowing what's going to happen. Am I going to have a job? And are we going to have an income or what, what's going to happen with my business or, or the, where I work? Uh, and, I mean, and, and then bizarre stuff like locust plagues hitting East Africa and the Middle East and devastating farms and, and which will affect many people, which will in turn affect us. Um, and then, of course, all of that with a global pandemic in the background that's continuing. And although getting a little better now, it's still such a serious concern as we hear about people getting it multiple times and there being long-term effects for those who get it. And and, and all of that, what does that do? Well, it affects us, right? If It affects us. We have uh, greater stress. And I think a lot of us are feeling it. I might hear people making comments, all around me. Uh, there's a raise in anxiety. There's an increase. And, in, and obviously there's a lot of conflict out there in our world. And the truth is most of us are conflict avoiders. We hate conflict. We don't like being in conflict. We don't like being around conflict. And there's so much conflict out there. It's political conflict, racial conflict, social conflict. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's higher than I've ever seen in my life. And, and then, of course, the stress, the anxiety, the conflict, all that is affecting people who struggle with addiction and causing some to start addictions and some who are in addiction to go back to it. And then a horrible stat, I was reading an article in which I did fact check. I looked at several places to see if this was true, that there has been a steady increase in suicides. And then and that increase has even jumped this year, uh, 35%. Since the year 2000, increase in the number and the percentage of suicides. And then, of course, just depression in general is affecting a lot of people. I mean, this is, I mean, I I know this sounds terrible to even say that list because it sounds so negative, but it's what's out there. And then on top of all that, there's just like a political nightmare going on around us that I think is really affecting a lot of people. And, and, and some of us are, we're struggling with what we believe and why do people believe that? And why do people believe that? And we're listening to one narrative and, and we're, and we get one worldview and worldviews are clashing even in the church, even among Christians, which hopefully we know to hang on to Jesus' view and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But it's crazy. These are crazy times. I don't think, I mean, I'm, I'm only, I'm young. I'm only 57 years old. I've never seen anything like this happening all over the world, happening all across our country, affecting so many people. And we as disciples, we're just trying to do our best in this chaotic, swirling chaos that's swirling all around us. And then on top of everything else, I hear November 2nd, there's going to be an asteroid that's going to pass near the earth. It's like, oh my gosh, what more can there be? And, and, and it's, and it's amazing because it's, it's causing, I notice. I just noticed people are asking me, do you think this is a sign of the end times? Do you think this is uh you know, a sign of impending doom, you know, and, and which generally, you know, I just, I, 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 I shake that stuff off because every year there's stuff that happens that, you know, somebody points to a scripture or somebody guesses a date. And I'm not saying that we need to take that seriously now, but, but there is that feeling out there of, oh my gosh, what's happening? And people are out saying it. You know, the end is near. Prepare for the end of the world. The end is near. So you know what I decided? I said, you know what? There's all this stress and anxiety and junk just floating out there. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and let's hear what Jesus has to say about it. So the sermon this week is Jesus and the end. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you for being our God, for loving us, for being so much bigger than everything happening in our world, God, for being all knowing, all powerful, all loving, all gracious, all kind, and for always being with us. God, help us as your people to listen to your voice, God, because we know that Jesus is the way, that Jesus is the truth, And that he is the life. And we know that we there is a lot of uncertainty out there, but these things we know and we can be certain about, Father. Thank you for being a rock in a sandstorm, God. Thank you for being a solid ground when everything else is shaking. Thank you, God, for being our protector and for watching over us. Help us, God, to stay close to you. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, Father, so that... We can, even in the midst of so many problems, that we can shine, that we can not only get through it, but help others and be a light to the world. God, please bless our study as we read scriptures that you wrote for us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Jesus and the end. And this is a good news sermon, okay? This is, this is I don't know if I should call it Jesus and judgment, but you know, you hear the word judgment and people get scared. You know, for us as Christians, it's good news. This is good news. So, uh, bear with me as we go through. Um, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 24. And that's kind of our text, but we're going to, we're going to jump around and, and listen to a number of voices from the scriptures. Uh, Matthew chapter 24. It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call. His attention to these buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. And, you know, the temple was built with these massive stones. And uh, I have a picture of one guy reaching out across on that huge stone. But the truth is, there was even much bigger stones. Uh, this is below the surface. There's stones 12 feet high, 45 feet across massive stones there's one right over the gate and Jesus tells them he says he says you see these things he asked truly I tell you not one stone will be left on another every one will be thrown down they were amazed at the stones they were amazed at the buildings at the grandeur of all the the achievement that it represents how incredible that was but That's not what Jesus wanted them to think about. And he told them, all this is going to come down. And of course, we know that uh, Jesus was the new temple and that he predicted and was talking about the end of the old temple, the end of Herod's temple. In verse three, it says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? You know, of course, they wanted to know, okay, when's the end? When is this going to happen? When is all this going to be torn down? And when is this going to be ended? You know, it's a question everybody wants to know, right? When? When is the end? And every year we get all these people that are predicting the end. And, you know, there were people that had dates, you know, and and it said October 21st. What was that, like about five years ago or so, or maybe longer, and, and man, I was thinking I should buy those houses, you know, because they're counting on it an ending. And, and, and the crazy thing is Jesus said nobody would know. He didn't even know. And he told us to watch out, right? For those who claim to know. And, and he goes into actually an explanation. He says, watch out that no one deceives you in verse four. For many, many will come in my name claiming to be the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But do not be alarmed, such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And he he actually begins to describe not the end of creation, but the end of what's going to happen with Jerusalem and the temple and even what's going to happen with the Christians there. And it was an incredibly rough time in AD 70, uh, Romans marched in, put Jerusalem under siege. They leveled this. They ended up destroying the city, destroying the temple. Um, Jesus said, not one, all these stones will be cast down. And the, the traditional history um, was that as they burned the temple and the gold was melting, because remember the walls were covered with gold, the, the gold melted and seeped into the cracks of the stones. So they literally tore each stone down from the temple to get all the gold out from between the stones. And it was known to be a horrific siege. This is actually a carving for uh, at the at the uh, the Ark of the Triumph Ark for Titus, who was the Roman general that that sieged and conquered Jerusalem. And Jerusalem's been conquered many times. I wrote those dates. Those are the dates that I, that I have. There's even more dates than that. In 701, it was conquered. 597 was conquered. 587, 63 BCE, 37, 70 AD. This is this one. 614, 637, 1099. I mean, this is how many times in as recently as 1948, Jerusalem's been under attack. And, uh, it's amazing because, you know, Jerusalem means God's city of peace, the city of peace. Shalom, uh, Jerusalem. And yet it has been conquered so many times. But this particular conquering in AD 70 was brutal. Um, so many people died a brutal death. And uh, Jesus had warned the disciples to flee. And oral history is that they did flee. They went to the mountains just as he told them to do. Um, and the city was under siege people were starving uh, a lot of horrific things i'm not going to go into detail but but a lot of bad things happened in that in that conquest of jerusalem jesus warned he said people will tell you here he is or here he is do not go running after them for the son of for the sign excuse me the son of man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And Jesus knew what was gonna happen. And he knew that he would be rejected. He said, these are the things that are going to happen. And to be alert, be ready. And he didn't give him a time place. And of course, most of the the parables that have to do with the judgment day and the end days are all about being ready, not when is it gonna happen. And that was Jesus' much greater concern was that we be ready for when it does happen. And, and, you know, Matthew 24, the chapter kind of weaves back and forth. And as much of apocalyptic literature does, that's what this is called. Like Revelation is apocalyptic literature. Daniel has a lot of apocalyptic literature. What's going to happen in the end? In fact, the book Revelation in Spanish is called Apocalipsis. It's the end, right? The, 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 the final, you know, phase of creation. And, and so Jesus was giving them some, some, some signs or some idea of what is to come and what to watch out for. And I think this is, this is what I want us to think about today is about what, what is it going to be like when it all wraps up? You know, I had a lot of scriptures, I've been studying this out and and I had a lot of scriptures about what is, how do we get ready? But today I don't want to talk about how to be ready. I just want to talk about what's going to happen because it's encouraging. We'll look at how to be ready on another Sunday. But this today, I just want you to listen and I, and I want you to, I want you to have eyes of faith. I want you to put your faith cap on and just think about what is this going to be like? Because this is really going to happen. And this is really what our future is. You know, and, and and I'm saying this because it's a rock that we can grab a hold of. It is what it is what is true. It is what is going to happen. And a lot of times, you know, we don't, we don't, we 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 believe and we say, Oh, I believe I'm a Christian, I have faith, I believe, but we don't really live like it's gonna happen. And that's where sometimes we gotta push our faith down into the practical of our hearts. You know, that this really is going to happen. You've got to plan on this. That's why the Lord, you know, if you if you notice the the Bible tells us, don't say you're going to do this or really, Jesus, don't say you're going to do this next year you're going to do that. Say if the Lord wills it or Lord willing. You know, I appreciate that. When we say, you know, next year, I'm going to go to school here. You guys should say, Lord willing, I'm going to go to school here or Lord willing, I'm going to work tomorrow. What does that mean? Well, that means it's up to God because it is up to God. I mean, he could wrap it up right now. Everything I'm describing right now, I might not even get to the end of my sermon. And Jesus might come back. He said, really? Yeah, really. It could happen. We don't know. No, on the other hand, it might not happen for a thousand years. And we need to be ready. That's why Jesus' concern was that you be ready. But the first thing he tells us is that it's going to be like lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to another everybody's going to see it. I mean, it's going to be on CNN, MSNB, Fox News. It's going to be on all the channels. And it's going to be remarkable when Jesus reappears. It's going to be incredible. He says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together and with them in the clouds to meet in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And he tells us, so so there's going to be this loud noise. We're all going to hear it. And it's going to be a loud command. There's going to be a trumpet call. And the archangel, now how is everybody going to see one archangel? I don't know. I have no idea. You know, I've, I've shared the sister to ask me, is God going to flatten the earth so we can all see him coming? And I said, I doubt it. I mean, it's, it, it could be as simple as the Archangel appears and everybody's covering the news. So you, you, everybody got it on their phones. Everybody's got it on their computers. Everybody's got it on the TV. So we all see it all around the world, even though it happens in one place. I think it's going to happen in Los Angeles because, hey, we're the city of angels, right? So anyways, with a trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. What is that going to look like? That's going to be incredible. That's going to be, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know what it's going to look like. These are spiritual beings, spiritual bodies. I'm not sure. And after that, we who are still alive and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds. Now, you have to know one thing is in Jewish scripture, in Jewish writing, things aren't necessarily always chronological and they're not necessarily uh, spaced evenly, meaning that in a lot of Jewish literature, it's more what is significant. It's in the order of what's significant. So some of the scriptures on what happens in the end are really don't, they don't seem to line up. They have the same elements, but it all depends on what the author is highlighting. Is he highlighting the new heavenly body? Is he highlighting the the resurrection? Is he highlighting meeting with Jesus forever? And that's what's gonna take a prominent role in the description. So don't worry about the, the exact order, but more look at what is gonna happen. So the dead we know are gonna rise, and we know they're gonna be first, and we know then at some point, we're going to rise up to meet God. What is that going to be like? I have no idea. And I know this stretches our faith. This stretches our faith because we, 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 we're good, you know, we're good hearted and we want to, you know, support Jesus and everything. We support the apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit writing all this, but we're doubters by nature, right? We see a sign that says wet paint. What do we do? We touch it, right? To see if it's really wet. It reminds me of, of, uh, of a story I heard about heaven and this old couple, they, they were driving down a road. They got this terrible accident. Both of them died. And so they go up to heaven and Peter's there to welcome them into heaven. And they're, they're all excited. And Peter's like, I'm going to give you a tour of heaven. So he goes in, he shows them, he shows them the area and they're like, wow, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And he says, this is your mansion This big, beautiful mansion in, in heaven. And, and, and the, and the husband's asking, okay, what's the mortgage? You know, and Peter's like, well, there is no mortgage. This is heaven. And he goes, are you sure? And he says, yeah, you got to understand. This is, this is heaven. Everything's paid for by Jesus. And so he goes in, he's showing him around. He goes out to the backyard and there's gorgeous golf course in the back. And, and, uh, and he's like, oh, what's the, what's the membership fee for the golf course? And, and Peter's like, uh, you're not getting this. This is all paid for by Jesus. It didn't cost you a cent. And so he takes, he says, you want to see the clubhouse? He takes them to the clubhouse. It's gorgeous. And they go into the buffet room and this gorgeous buffet. And, you know, and the husband goes over and he starts picking out bran bread and brand and a brand and wheat stuff and all this healthy vegetables. And, and, and Peter says, why are you eating that? You can eat anything you want. And he says, well, wait, what, what is, what, what's this going to cost me? And Peter says, you're not getting this. Everything is free and you can eat anything you want. And he looks over at his wife and he stomps his feet and he's jumping up and down yelling and Peter's looking at his wife and he's like, what is wrong with him? He goes, doggone it, Ethel. If you hadn't been forcing me to eat all that health food and brand, I could have been here years ago. I think a lot of times we don't really believe. We believe, but we don't believe. We're like when they said, we believe, but help us with our unbelief. Heaven is real. This is all really going to happen. We're going to hear this call. And and whether we're alive or dead, if it happens in a thousand years, then we get to be part of the dead crew that rises up. He says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. He says where every, everything's going to change, we'll be in a whole new reality, dare I say, or what we would call today, a parallel universe, right? An alternate reality where the perishable is gone and we're raised in the imperishable, where mortality is ended and we're raised in immortality. And you know, it's it's amazing what is being discovered right now in physics and in astronomy and how they're reaching the frontiers of our creation, the frontiers of physics itself and finding realms that are not controlled by the laws of physics that we live in, that do not follow the, the the pattern of time that we live in or space or or any of these things, things that we've all known about since long ago called creation, called heaven, where there is no time, where everything is immortal and imperishable. And that's what's gonna happen according to 1 Corinthians 15. And we jump ahead to Revelation, which gives us a snapshot. Why was Revelation written? Because Christians were going through a hard time and and they were being persecuted and they were being put to death for their faith. And so God gives them the revelation, what God showed the, the, the apostle John. And by the way, just a little tiny point, it's Revelation, no S revelation and God's revelation to John. And so John shares it Why to encourage us. So that's why we're reading this today. That's why that's why we're looking at this today. In Revelation 20, verse one, I saw, verse four, excuse me. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been. So I talked about the call up or the transformation. And there's a lot more scriptures, but we don't have time to go through all of them. We called up to meet God to see heaven. And then this is what is seen by John. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast nor its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads and on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And, and, and all I'm, all we're looking at now is just how God brings in his people and, and, and who does he Who does he bless first? Those who suffered a lot. Those who've died for their faith. Those who've suffered for their faith. Those who who went through cruelties that we can't imagine. And, And some of those cruelties are still happening right now in our own churches. In the Middle East, there have been sisters burned to death. There have been sisters stabbed, brothers stabbed, sisters kidnapped, or they tried to kidnap them. And these things are still happening. They don't happen in our neighborhood. And we should thank God for that. But I, I'm pretty sure that if Jesus doesn't come back soon, we're going to get persecuted again. Because Christianity is becoming more and more non-mainstream, more and more countercultural, And it will become a day where Christians are seen as the bad guys in the common narrative. You know, people ask me, well, where, where, you know, which way do you politically move and who do you support and all this stuff? And, and I support Jesus. Why? Because everybody else is going to persecute us for one reason or another. The one I'm loyal to is Jesus. The one I devote myself to is Jesus. Everybody else, we don't know what's going to happen. These guys were persecuted. And so sometimes, you know, when we're going through a lot because we're Christians, this should cheer us up, that God is not unjust. He sees what you've done and he will reward us for the trials, the difficulties that we go through. And, and I'm, I know I'm sidestepping all kinds of things, the thousand years, you know, and all that, all that stuff. We're, we're, that's not today, that's another day. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heaven fled from his presence. And there was no place for them. I mean, I don't even know how you would make, I mean, even, I don't know if Spielberg could do this or, or 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 any special effects could do. Heaven and earth fled from his presence. How does that even work? And there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire and the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I mean, this is this is what we refer to as judgment day. And, and in the first, he says, says that the huge throne, the great white throne, and seated on it, of course, is Jesus, is God. And the people standing all around, from every nation, standing there. And the book, he says, was opened and it's put down. And it's the book of life, the book of the book of names, the book that will be read that everybody's going to want to hear their name, that everybody's going to want to hear their name called out. And then in verse 21, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You see, this, it's all going to happen. And someday, every one of us is going to go through this. And this is the great thing about being a disciple of Jesus. This is a great thing about being a Christian. Is your name is in that book. And you're going to be seeing that New Jerusalem. And, 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 I, and I'm not even going to pretend I know all the symbols. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of symbolism in this. And, you know, commentators go back and forth on what means what. But, but the general idea is that it's going to be beautiful. The heaven's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. You know, it's it's interesting. I was watching a a, a documentary on a a, a neuropsychiatrist who's been studying after death experiences for about twenty years, and he talks about how everybody there's a common theme from all over the world, people from all different backgrounds, and 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 they might have little variances, but there is a common theme of that. First of all, it does not end in death. And this is not a religious guy. This is a guy who's a purely a science scientist approaching it from science. And he talks about the experiences that people have in common. And then how they're yanked back because obviously these are people who didn't end up dying, who came back for some reason. And 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 all of them were people who were legally dead. Their heart stopped, their brain function stopped. And some of them even are actually scientists themselves who came back and reported everything they experienced. We all know that there's more to it, that there's more to it than what we see and what we know. Even though I think on one level, we believe as Christians, on another level, we doubt, but then deep down inside, we intrinsically know that it is there. We know the spiritual realm exists. And we know that this isn't it. That's why there's so many movies about this. That's why there's so much belief all around the world, even in completely non-Christian cultures, believing in an afterlife. We know that it does not end here. And he tells us all these wonderful things. And he says, these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, you can count on this. You want to know how it ends? This is how it ends. You don't know what's going to happen in the future? This is what's going to happen in the future. We may go through difficulties. We may go through rough times. But this is how it ends. And that makes all the difference in the world. Judgment Day. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. You know, that was the tree that was blocked from Adam and Eve. And an angel with a sword, keeping people away, keeping everyone away, making it unattainable, unreachable. And in the end, we get to go and get the fruit of the tree of life. God's gift to us to be with him forever. Isn't that awesome? That's the future. That's what's ahead of us. That's how this thing ends. So we need to keep our eyes on this. Our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in God and the things of God. And I closed out last week's sermon with this, and I close it out again with this. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. with the Lord today is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand, slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why has God not come back more, but come back earlier? He wants everybody to have a chance. He wants everybody to be able to hear the gospel and respond. To have that opportunity that you and I have had. To be able to devote our lives to God. To be able to say, Jesus is Lord. And know that we are under God's grace. And though we're not perfect. And though we have our weaknesses. And though we struggle with our faith. We're in God's grace. And we're saved because of that. In the end, it's the only thing that matters is to hear our name called. You remember the story of the little boy? Family was having a devotional. And the kids were small and the dad was teaching them about the book of life. And he was telling them, you know, when on judgment day, God's going to call out our names and let's practice saying that we're here. And everybody went around here, here, you know, and then say their name here. Here. And dad would read their name and they'd say here. About a week later, they were in a terrible car accident. And the little boy was in a coma. And he was in the hospital, in ICU. And the whole family was there. And they were praying. And they were so worried. And the doctor came in and said, "Uh, you guys need to come into ICU. We're, We're losing him. So they all came into the ICU, gathered around his bed, held hands, and they began to pray. And all of a sudden, all the machines started making noise. And the little boy opened his eyes, looked up, and said, here. And then he slipped away. And he was gone. In the end, it's the only thing that matters. that our names in the book of life that the people we love, our children, our parents, our brothers and sisters, our friends, that their names are in the book of life. It's the only thing that counts. It won't matter. The economy won't matter. Stock market won't matter. The car you drove won't matter. How much money you have in the bank won't matter. Your education level, how many letters after your name don't matter. The awards you've achieved won't matter. Nothing else will matter except having your name in the book of life. That's what counts. And if you're a disciple today, your name's in there. It is in there. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, if you're just learning, get your name in there. Ask somebody to help you. Ask somebody to teach you learn how to be a disciple of Jesus so that your name is in that book. And all of us whose names are in the book, you know what our job is, to get all the people that we love, their names in the book, to get our children, our grandchildren, to teach them so that all of us here well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you. And I pray that you be encouraged by the good news of Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. and Don't let all this other garbage swirling around us take your eyes off of Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has been educational and inspiring for you. If you'd like to know more, please join us by going to study.laicc.net and we'll be happy to contact you and help you in any way we can.